after yet another inactive trade deadline, Arturis Karnasova, the president of basketball operations, came before the Chicago Bulls fans in a press conference and talked about the Bulls being competitive. On a recent episode of the Bulls Talk podcast, Casey Johnson pointed out how this front office has moved the goalposts from the initial talk of championships being the standard to being competitive and settling just for making the playoffs. We're going to talk about that, what that really means, and has this front office set the bar too low and not even lived up to those expectations? We're going to talk about that, plus we're going to talk about why this is going to be an important last 27 games for Patrick Williams if he can get back on the court. Now, if he can't, it's going to kind of make his next contract essentially even that much more difficult. We're going to do all that, plus the mailbag right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host there, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into this content for today. So, Casey Johnson on the recent Bulls Talk podcast, shout out to them and Tony Gill and what they do over there. He said this, I will say there's been some goalposts moving a little bit because when he got here talking about AK, the talk was championships. It's now shifted to playoffs and a couple of years ago was making the second round. Now it's just getting in. But that's what he means by competitive. It's not just being in every game. It's making the playoff. That's what he's trying to do. And it naturally got myself thinking, right, is that this team, and, and in fact, it was just where we started off. Like, AK did come here, and he did talk about wanting to set the expectations of, you know, getting to the championship and making this team a championship contender through building through the draft, developing players. And then, of course, we've talked about several times how the Bulls kind of moved off that once they trade for Nikola Vucevic. And then in that offseason, they traded a lot of future assets to bring in and, and form the team that we've now seen in front of you. This is a team that has had one one season above 500, has you know largely struggled uh, since that time period, and has has left much to be desired from a fan base that you know is just see, has seen like gl- glimpses and things from this team. Like you know, a lot of people will stick on the fact that we were number one team in the East. We had a voicemail on that yesterday, where you know somebody uh, I think it was T'Challa pointed that out. We were the number one team in the East that season, but it really has resulted in when you just look at the at the ultimate where we sat at with this. We we have ended with one playoff win. In three years, three years since this team made moves to really build this team to be a playoff team and to make that move to show Zach Levine at that time, who was coming into a contract extension, that this team was committed to winning. We have won one playoff game in three seasons since 2021. That's it. We have we haven't had a big successful season at all. If we're talking about a team making the playoffs and that being the barrier of success. The last time we were successful was the 2021-22 season, and since then, there's been a bunch of disappointment, and right now, we're fighting for a ninth seed. And the thing that, that I want to talk about this is, is that when you're, you know, we talk a lot about the front office, we talk a lot about the standards, and you know, people, you know, kind of bring it down to, hey, we haven't drafted well, hey, we haven't made these moves, we haven't gone out and made big trades, but it just comes down to the, the team that you've put out on the court and the expectations that you've set for yourself has continually gone down, Right. Every year, it's like it, it, we've gone down a step in a time period where, you know, you were supposed to be building organically and we should have been rising every year. This Bulls team went for that immediate success, trying to get veterans in here. And Lonzo Ball, who, you know, wasn't a veteran, was still a young player, but DeMar DeRose and bringing him in, bringing Alice Caruso in, trading for Nikola Vucevic, right? Having this team that you then built and was trying to have some form of success. And I still say that that team was never a team that was meant to contend. It was a team that was meant to compete, but but we we steadily fallen short of even that goal and when you keep moving 
the, the, the goalposts on what your barrier and what your expectations are on the team, it makes sense that you're not going to, to hit those expectations, that you're not going to continue to rise and develop as a team. This team has bright spots. Kobe White has turned into a complete bright spot for the present and for the future of the Chicago Bulls. Io DeSumo has done that as well. Patrick Williams has shown bits of flashes before he, you know, that the foot injury came in, and we'll talk about Patrick Williams here in a second. But ultimately, it comes down to the people that are at the top, the front office, and I know people are going to say ownership. You guys know, ownership has very little to do with day-to-day of the Chicago Bulls, how they operate. The, the way that you build a team, you can build a successful team. It's not just about paying the luxury tax. It's about drafting well. It's about using the money that you do spend in free agency, free agency intelligently. That, that is what it's more about. Yes, this ownership group has a limit of paying the luxury tax. They absolutely do. They will not pay luxury tax for a team that's not a championship contending team. But that does not stop the fact that the, the Bulls have substantial room for growth and to still build a solid team. But you have to be smart and intelligent in how you build the team and the moves that you make. The, where, the place that the Bulls are now is not, a, is not a result of the Bulls not paying the luxury tax. It's a, it's a result of the culmination of bad decisions you know, or draft picks that haven't hit. Or you can even say, hey, even if those draft picks are the right decision, the fact that we just inve- invested in a player development department when you knew you were drafting these raw, undeveloped prospects, Again, another slight. Nothing that this team has done has all been in unison. And that is where when you see front offices really kind of dig a team out of the of the pits of hell, right, to be, uh, you know, to turn around and be a respectful organization, it's that you, the moves that you do make sense. You set up standards and things make sense. Yeah, you make moves to say, hey, listen, we got these veterans that we traded some assets for. We, we, we're we're going to ride this out. We're going to be making the playoffs until that time. We're competing for playoff spots. But let's make sure that the young players that we do have here, the draft picks that we do have in between the years that we've given up first-round picks, let's make sure that they have the best platform to develop their skills on them for us to see, to get the most out of them, and to help raise our ceiling as we go through because we did give up draft assets. We just added that player development department last season. That should have been when you knew you were going to be drafting raw, when you knew, hey, listen, we got Patrick Williams. He was raw when I get it. That was your first year here. You didn't know the direction you were going to take the team. But when you drafted Daylon Terry, that same offseason, it should have been, hey, it seems like, you know, we're going to be drafting pretty low. We're going to be having outside of lottery picks. Let's go ahead and make sure that we that we're that we get somebody in here to develop these guys. The fact that you didn't do that, right? And then on the top of, like, the cap situation that the Bulls faced themselves in. Now, we've never been big free agent destinations. That's just, we've never signed huge free agents. We're always, like, a consolation prize to some, to some teams. Like, for example, the Bulls struck out on, you know, the... Chris Bosh, uh, uh, we struck out on Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Amari Stoudemire, who all were players that the Bulls were reportedly interested in. Then we ended up signing Carlos Boozer, who came in and had two really good seasons for the Chicago Bulls before he fell off. But guess what? That team, we had a young Todd Gibson in the wings that by time Carlos was, hey, we were ready to move off Carlos. We had Todd Gibson ready to step in there and be the starting power forward next to a Joe Kim Noah that, yeah, was limited. Right. Wasn't the more wasn't modern like we look at power forwards and centers now. But guess what? They were they were two two of the best front courts to have. There are players to have in the front court to have their two way players that fought tough, that get, get gave offense, that both can pass, fit in the team dynamic. This team has both suffered from bad decisions with your money, bad decisions with trades, not putting your draft picks in the best situation to where they develop their skills to where now people are even doubting some of these guys being NBA prospects, which I think some of that's turning around now. Daylon Terry's flashing a little bit more. Again, very raw player. He's still basically playing uh, on a rookie uh, as far as number of minutes that that most rookies play at his draft position. But it still comes down to 
the, the, this front office moving the goalposts, this front office not having the standard set of really what they want to do and accomplish, and it seems like they had a really good set, a, a, a plan coming in here. They had that plan. Let's bring in Lonzo. Let's trade for Vooch. Let's get DeMar here. We're going to bring Alice Cruz, so somebody who has had that championship experience before who can be really good. Swiss Army knife off the bench. We drafted Io DeSumo, who could be another one of those guys. But then once that started crumbling down, Lonzo went down. Zach, you know, injured as well over that time. Then, you know, DeMar and Vooch have hit declines, and Zach now with the foot, and he's out for the season. He wants to be gone. We, the initial plan that this front office built, we have rebounded terribly. And when you set your standard as just making the playoffs, I'm sorry, that's not good enough. And that goes back to one of the things that I've talked about about this playing tournament, and not just with the Bulls. This playing tournament, while it's good, it's added money, it's added revenue for teams and the league, it's made a little bit the, the end of uh, the season race a little bit that much more entertaining because now you are actually fighting for some level of postseason play, but it's made these teams think that they are closer than what they are, and the Bulls are one of those teams that sit in there. And don't get me wrong, I love the Bulls roster uh, to a degree, pieces of the Bulls roster. I think that, you know, with some changes, some added shooting, some things, we could be different. Like I said, we've played over 500 basketball since December, and that is something to say is a sign of positivity. But we are still sitting there fighting over a night seat, and this is the, is what you're settling for as competitive? What are we really competing for? Because it's not titles. It's not playoff series wins. We're playing just to, to, to look at and say we made it to the dance, and then probably get our asses kicked in the first round, get eliminated, and be lucky to win one playoff uh, game. Listen, I would love to be wrong about all this. I would love to be here in April and May talking to you guys about the Chicago Bulls playing meaningful basketball. But guess what? This front office has to have the standard and expectation set for themselves, right? Not just the expectations that you set for fans. Not just the expectations you set for players. What are the expectations you set for yourself, AK? What are those expectations, Eversley? What are those expectations, Billy Donovan? Those are the ones, the expectations that matter the more because they are the guys that are making the decisions. Yes, they aren't on the basketball court, but they're the ones that put this unique uh, roster and coaching staff together, and therefore, you are responsible for the results, therefore, of. And so, right now, the Chicago Bulls, uh, li listen, if the front office is settling just for being competitive, then guess what? We're going to have a tough few years of just having some fun basketball to watch at times, having some fun basketball and, play and winning some big games and looking great at times, but is it going to be sustained? You have to set the standard first at the top to have that sustain, and again, like I said, I know a lot of people are going to go to ownership, and ownership does play a part, don't get me wrong, I think they play a big part in Billy Donovan still being here, but as far as building the team, the day in and day out, that falls to one man and one man alone, that is Arturis Karnasova, that is why that's his job, the Reinsdorfs aren't there every day telling, they weren't telling AK to trade for Nikola Vucevic and to give up two first round picks to do that, they didn't tell AK to go out and sign DeMar DeRozan and give up a first-round pick, even though I think that what we got out of DeMar has been good. I'm just saying they didn't do that. They did not do that. Jerry Reinsdorf steps in in very specific situations. And other than that, they're hands-off. This team that we see a result, therefore, of isn't, isn't just because of not paying the luxury tax. It's a series of bad decisions, shortcoming, lack of vision, and, and, of course, circumstance. The injury to Lonzo Ball isn't anything that anybody could have forecasted. And before anybody gets started, well, he had injury before. This is a career-threatening injury. That is, a, that is a much, much more drastic thing than even the injuries that Lonzo Ball has had over his career. He couldn't have forecasted it to be that bad. But one could say that there was some caution tape there in the, in the injury history that Lonzo Ball had. 
And that's fair. This front office first, if they want to pull us out of this and truly want to build this organization and this team that they talk about, they're going to have to set the expectations higher for themselves first. Let's hope that maybe this offseason is one of the offseasons of doing that. Now, somebody else who has a very interesting offseason ahead of them is Patrick Williams. Now, we know that Patrick Williams is out. You know, he said it would be reevaluated in two weeks. That two-week period time, uh, that two-week period passed. Uh, then Billy Donovan came out and said that Patrick Williams would be reevaluated towards the end of the All-Star break. Now, that has put into question, will Patrick Williams actually be back uh, by that the game where we play the Boston Celtics coming out of it? There are some big questions there. But one of the bigger questions around Patrick Williams is, what is this offseason going to look like for Pat? There's a couple of different scenarios in which it could go. You could, you could re-sign Patrick Williams and negotiate with him, and maybe him and his agency realize, hey, you it's been disappointing, right? Not to say that there aren't reasons to that, but it's been disappointing. Now, we're going to prioritize you maybe a little bit going forward, but Let's sign a deal. Now, they can sign the, the, the full max. I don't think they're going to get that. They can sign the full years at the five years, so maybe a little, for less money than the max. That's possible. They can sign a shorter-term deal, maybe a three-year deal to get him back out. Um, you know, Hopefully, his, him and his agency are looking at it saying, let's sign this three-year deal. Let's not do the full five, and then let's get you back in free agency sooner rather than later. And then, hey, maybe you're excelling and the Bulls give you this max and let's keep it pushing. But then there's also the, the, the chances of, like, do the Bulls want to pay him just to lock him in, right? And, you know, do you have to end up going to another team to sign an offer sheet? Do the Bulls let it get to that point? There's chances with that. When you look at, like, one of Patrick Williams' teammate in Devin Vassell, he's signed a five-year, $146 million contract extension with the San Antonio Spurs for an average salary of $29 million per year. Now, Devin Vassell is in the midst of an 18-point-per-game season. He had an 18-point-per-game season last year, again, with injury, played a limited number of games. But Patrick Williams, just in just the reality and just the fairness of it, has not put together a season as far as statistically that, that Devin Vassell has done. Now, there are things that go into that. Patrick Williams has been the fourth option, fifth option at times on the offensive side of the ball. Those opportunities just aren't always there for Patrick Williams. But again, what have you made the most out of your opportunities? Devin Vassell came into the league much like Patrick Williams, averaging five shots per game. That increased the next season to 10.8 when he averaged 12.3 points per game. The next season at 15.7, over 38 games, he averaged 18.5 points per game. And then this season, he's now getting 15 shots per game on a San Antonio uh, Spurs team that is struggling, but he's averaging 19 points per game, basically. Patrick Williams just hasn't had the opportunity or the output that Devin Vassell has had, but the question is, and seeing Patrick Williams play on the court, we know that there's times where Patrick Williams just isn't aggressive enough. There's times where Patrick Williams seems like he's not interested, where he's not invested. So using the Devin Vassell contract is kind of a max for, for Patrick Williams. I don't think that Patrick Williams has hit the number uh, or, or the production or even being able to stay healthy to where to get that. It was projected before the season that Patrick Williams would sign probably a five-year deal worth $100 million, and that does seem likely. This is $20 million average salary and no team. Uh, uh, we're, we're trained to look at that and see, God damn. $20 million for Patrick Williams, a player that, that's barely averaged 10 points per game. But when you look at it, the fact of what the cap is now in the NBA, a, a $20 million contract is like, is, isn't that big of, of, of the portion of the cap. When you look at it, um, $20 million is roughly about 13% of the cap. So that is a barrier for Patrick Williams. I think that's the most that he's going to get. I do think that it's going to be between the $20 million and the contract that Kobe White has at $12 million. Ideally, if the Bulls can get him locked in, even if it only is a three-year deal for $15 million average salary over that time, I think that that's a win for Patrick Williams. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, 
Bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code BULLCENTRAL, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code BULLCENTRAL to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc and for the chicago bulls because again patrick has three more years to show it he'll be 25 still extremely young to get in there get maybe a max deal if he shows some and with the way that this bulls team's going and the cap situation and the fact that they're not going to be able to add a lot to the team that, that role may be there for Patrick Williams to get more minutes and maybe flash a little bit, but this is going to be important. And if, if Patrick Williams can get back on the court over these last 27 games, this is going to be a big 27 games. We know that Zach Levine is out. He's not going to be playing. So we're going to go back to how we were playing in December when Patrick Williams had his best month, averaging almost 15-5. and five. And if he can get back to doing that in the season strong, then you know he has some negotiating power. But I think this is going to be a really interesting offseason for Patrick Williams and, and that contract negotiation. And we'll see where it ends up falling. Let me know what you guys think. When you see Patrick Williams, what do you think Patrick Williams will sign for this offseason if he does extend with the Chicago Bulls? Do you think that maybe there is some? I don't have much doubt that he will sign with the Chicago Bulls, that they will bring him back and match any other deal. But if you have that doubt, let me know on that down below. Now, you guys know, usually the mailbag is strictly on weekends, but we had a lot of overflow. You guys are going off this weekend. We got four voicemails we're going to get into today. This first one, this one's from Shay. What's up, buddy? This is Shay. You know... I pose a, a interesting question right now. Io has been playing pretty good with Kobe White, but you know that's not our original lineup. You know it's Alex Caruso since Zach Levine's been out. You know it, when Caruso gets to the right health or whatever, whatever the hell happens, do you think we should continue to have Io coming off the bench, or should we make Io DeSumo the official starter, even if Alex Caruso gets up to a hundred percent? Doesn't have to be on the minutes restriction because I know he is playing pretty good, but the bench has been struggling since he's been off of the bench, since he's been in the starting lineup. Anyway, tell me what you think. Peace. Great question here. Should Io continue to come off the bench or should he be the perm starter? Man, um, here's the thing is that I think either him or Alex Caruso have both shown an ability to be productive off the bench for the Chicago Bulls. And I think either way, a lot of them is getting minutes. I, I think sometimes we put too much on starting or coming off the bench. It's about minutes more so. And then, of course, who you play those minutes with. And 
uh, Billy Donovan's usually good at having Io out there with Kobe White. Well, a lot of people play with Kobe White. He's averaging almost 40 minutes per game. So you're going to play with Kobe White either way. But I think that's what you more so want to maximize. I don't think it's the main thing is starting or not. It's the minutes that you play when you're in the game, if you're in there in crunch time, and who you're out there with. And I think Io has shown his ability that he's he can play with most players on this team. I don't really think, look at Io and say, hey, there's this light on where Io really doesn't quite fit in. So I don't really think it matters, to be honest with you, bro. I, I really don't. Now, I know people are going to say, and it's fair to say, well, hey, let's ride out with the young guys. This could be a young backcourt of the future. Let's see what it looks like over these last 27 games. And I can't knock that at all if that's the case or the way anybody views it. But I think ultimately it's about the minutes the Ios play. And I don't think his minutes are going to get cut anytime soon because he's shown that he deserves to stay a big part of that rotation for the Chicago Bulls. And I think that's the most important thing. But great voicemail, Shay. Let's get into this next one. This one's from T'Challa. Yeah, this is your boy T'Challa, the savior. And I am about to make the Chicago Bulls hot take of the season what nobody's paying close attention to. The reason why we're in the position that we're in right now with us playing over 500 as far as win percentage um, in these last few months is because of our young guys. Whoa! So the thing is, when you look at Patrick Williams coming back into that, and then he's not about to have Zach Levine in his way, so the menace is going to be there. That guy's playing for a contract, and it's about to go up right now. I'm going to make a bold prediction that Patrick Williams is about to be playing like damn near all-star, a borderline all-star. Hell yeah, we about to be sassy in the play-in. And what we need to be looking for, we want our team to win games and eventually get into the playoffs. We know we're going to get put out, but we want to see what this young team could do. Our future core of Patrick Williams, Kobe White, and Ayo Desumu. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for them to put up big numbers. I'm looking for them to cause disruption, problems. That's what I'm looking for. So we can know what to add in the offseason next year. We know we need a big man. We know we need an unstoppable force. You know, somebody like uh, Jalen Duran uh, from from the Pistons. We're not going to get him, but we need a player like that. We need a young, athletic, uh, uh, explosive big guy, you know, young to go with them. So we, we need them to show that uh, everything that we need to add to them so we can continue to grow for a real future, you know, and, and that's what we're going to see. Everybody sleep on Patrick Williams. It's going down when he come back. The menace is going to be there. Nobody's in his way. And to be honest, I didn't want to admit this, but I think the young guys don't really enjoy you or like him that much, the majority of them, especially Patrick Williams, because he's, constantly getting in his way. And then Patrick Williams don't want to play the power forward. But even if he do play the power forward, oh, he's going down. The minutes are there. So that's what everybody is missing. The hot take of the Bulls season. Be looking for that. Yeah, we're going to be sassy at best. But I want us to win some games and to show that we most definitely have a bright future going from, from this year to next year on forward. And that's my hot take. Watch out for Patrick Williams and watch out for this offseason because what they show is what we need to add, especially how they got a year to channel the savior. Stay tuned. I said it first. It's going down. Chicago Bulls play in. Chicago Bulls potentially play off. Patrick Williams. All right. Patrick Williams playing as an all, at an all-star level you have that. Uh, I, I mean, listen, show me. That's the thing I got to say when it comes to Patrick Williams is show me. 
Um, and I don't think the minutes being there has ever been the problem. It's Patrick Williams' mentality. And first of all, bro, why are you out of breath? Like, it, it really seems like you, like, you, why were you so out of breath? Just, uh, fun thrown there towards T'Challa, but real talk, like, I think it's when it, when it comes to Patrick Williams, it's not about the minutes. The minutes have always been there for Pat. Now, the shots are probably going to be there, especially with more shots, especially with Zach Levine, you know, being out the rest of the season. But it's all about mentality when it comes down to Patrick Williams. That's the biggest thing. Not more minutes, not any of that. It's mentality. And here's what I'll say. If Patrick Williams over these last 27 games or however 25, whatever he ends up playing, play is looking like an all-star at an all-star level over those games, shout out to Pat. I mean, listen, I'm not going to knock it. He just got to show me. It's so much doubt around Pat that he just got to show me. That's all I got to say. He got to show me. And so let's hope that he does and he has those opportunities. And he does flash a lot here on the last last 27 games of the season. All right, let's get into the next voicemail. This one's from Corn. Hey, what's good, King? Uh, it's Corn again, man. I, I, I got something else that's, that's really on my mind, man. And, uh, you know, I, I have to get that out, too. Um, Ayo Dusumo has been playing wonderful. Playing wonderful. Okay. Um, let's let's pump our brakes on Io. We did this shit before when he was a rookie. Now noted, we didn't have Peter Patton and and what everybody say uh, the Patton kids um, developing what they're doing. Um, I don't want Io to be a starter. I don't think Io should be a starter. Um, hear me out when I say this. That's asking too much out of his game. Um, we did that the year before. Made him a starter. Asking him to do stuff that that he's not ready for yet. And I'm thinking that he's having a good year is because he's playing the way he usually plays, playing his style, you know, um, and it's freely. He's playing freely without, you know what I'm saying, any, any, um, what's the word? Like, any, forget it right now. I got a brain fart with that. But Io is developing great. Let's just keep Io as Io. I don't want to turn Io into this starter and this, all that. No, that's asking too much out of him. Io just needs to play his game which is a dual threat, a high defender, um, good shot when he want to shoot, when it's going in, of course, beautiful slasher, all that. But him being the starter, him and Kobe being in the background, you know what I'm saying, as the back, you know what I'm saying, the two, I don't like it at all. Um, that's not going to go nowhere. It's just, I'm just going to be 100. That's not going to go nowhere. Now, can I be wrong? Fuck yeah, I could be wrong. But let's just truly pump our brakes on Io because, like I said, when we asked too much of Io last year, what happened? Everybody on here wants to get rid of the kid. You know, I was still on the bad line because I understand. Y'all asking him stuff that he's not normally and what he used to do. And us making him a starter and us doing all that is making him do stuff that he's not used to do. Let him play his game the way he want to play his game freely. Like, you know, and, and that's all I got to say about that. You know, I love Ayo. I love what he's doing. I don't see Ayo as a starter at all. I just see Ayo going in here, off the bench, being a six man, being a role player, and just doing his job. And I think that's what Ayo want to be. Just, just to go in there and play his game the way he plays freely. And us putting this, um, these uh uh uh, uh us putting these motherfucking expectations. There we go. Us putting expectations on them. Just gotta stop. But all right, Hayes, man. Um, appreciate you, King. Like I said, man, I love Io. I don't see Io as a starter. I don't. Io shouldn't be a starter. It's kind of against what Shay just said. Um, listen, I think the last time that we looked at Io being a starter, he was starting the point guard. He's not that anymore. Io's playing the wing. He's either playing the two or the three. So I think the position matters as well. And kind of like what I said with Shay, this is more about the minutes played either way. But I do think having Kobe White as the point guard and Io playing off ball is a big difference in what we saw from him the last time we asked him to be a starter. We were asking him to be the point guard then. And so, 
you know, that's what I say. I, I'm not saying that Patrick, I mean that uh, Io DeSumo's maybe best long-term role is coming off the bench, but I've learned not to put a cap on players anymore. So, I mean, I, whatever he shows, that's what his cap is, and, and Io isn't done developing yet. And so, you know, we'll see what it ends up turning into, but I think either way, Io's shown his ability to impact winning, and that's the most important thing. But great voicemail there from Corn. Let's get into this last one. This one's from Bulls Daily. What's the word for now? How y'all coming, Bulls? Chicago Bulls fam. It's your boy, Bulls Daily, checking in from the low end of that rack. Um, old thoughts about the second half of the season. Man, just checking the um schedule. Man, Hayes, man. <laughs> it's finna get real ugly. You hear me, Sean? It's finna get ugly, brother. Like, man, just coming out the All-Star game, our very first game is, is against the Boston Celtics. So that's just the first game, and like from February to like damn near the middle of March, we got hella hard games like back to back to back to back. And I really don't see the Bulls winning majority of these games. Like they might win the games against Indiana, but I still see it. I still see Indy coming out on top at least most of them games. And it's crazy because all the good teams, we really haven't played for real the first half of the season. And now we about to play all the good teams the second half of the season. We play some good teams and mostly okay teams the first half, and we lost against all them teams. And our record show for it below 500, trying to battle to get the 500 against those types of teams. And then now coming into the All-Star break, I mean, coming out of the All-Star break, we got that crazy lineup of games, man. I suggest go look, go look at that schedule, man, because that shit is wild, bro. Like, we could really go on like a zero and like 15 game losing streak on them grade. This shit gonna get ugly, bro. And even though I am, I'm still gonna be a diehard Bulls fan. I'm always gonna be a diehard Bulls fan at the end of the day. But right now, man, this is just, I'm just not really fucking with this team. I ain't been watching no games. And I'm glad nobody was selected to be in the All Star game, the Rising Challenge game with. Maybe Ayo and Kobe could have made that, but the All-Star game, they don't deserve that shit, man. They playing like ass, bro. Like, real talk. They play like ass. Like, this team suck, bro. Like, on some real shit. But that's all I wanted to say, man. Just, hey, Boys Nation, let's get ready for the second half of the season because I'm trying to tell you it's going to get ugly. It's going to get real ugly, gang. And we just going to have to deal with that shit. So, it's your boy, Boys Daddy from the low end of that rack. I'm out of yeah, the schedule is about to get ugly. The Bulls have the 17th hardest schedule remaining in the NBA. And while that doesn't sound amazing, out of the last 27 games that we have left, 12 of those games are against either playoff teams or play-in teams. And that is where you start seeing the Bulls. Because let's just face it, in playoff atmosphere type games, the Bulls haven't fared the best. Now, we are the best clutch team in, in the NBA, you know, per the wins, and we play the, mo the most clutch games, but we got to be better. Right, So over the last, from now to the end of the season, not just March, March is difficult, but from now to the end of the season, we got two games left against Boston, one game against Minnesota, one game against Cleveland, we got two games left against the Clippers, one game against Milwaukee, three games left against the New York Knicks, and we also have one game left against the Atlanta Hawks, which is also a play-in team. This is going to be a rough stretch. Now, when you look at easier matchups, we got two games left against the Pistons, three against the Washington Wizards, one against Portland, once one against the Brooklyn Nets, and one against the Rockets, which still the Rockets could be a difficult matchup for us as well. The Bulls have a tough ending to this season. And, you know, that strength of schedule thing goes up and down, so that that a change is the only thing to focus on. But here's what I'll say. I, I love that because I want to see the Bulls play tough competition. And listen, if the Bulls come out of that and they can still play 500 basketball, 
then that shows us that this team maybe is a little bit more competitive, you know, per that buzzword, than what it looked like we were at the beginning of the season. I'm not one that shies away from difficult matchups. Now, travel is a little bit easier on the Bulls. They have more rest days than what they did at the beginning of the season. But at the end of the day, the games are the games. And the Bulls got to face who's in front of them. And let's see if they can finish this season strong, Bulls Daily. Thank you for the voicemail, brother. Even though it's like your third number you call me from, I got to keep resaving your number because you keep, you, you got them trap phones, bro. But anyway, man, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for the mailbag, the number to do so, 773 773- 270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related thanks to you guys. And like I liked in every episode on, uh, almost ended up on the Bulls Central. Like I liked in every episode on, go Bulls. Love you guys. See Red, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.